Living Corporate is brought to you by the Liberated Love Notes Podcast, part of the Living Corporate Network. The Liberated Love Notes Podcast is a starting point for integrating self and community affirmations into your daily practices. The Liberated Love Notes Podcast center the experience of black folks existing in white systems and speaks to overcoming imposter syndrome, disrupting injected and internalized forms of oppression, embodying an abundance mindset, and building a healthy racial identity. Check out Liberated Love Notes Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, hosted by Brittany Janae Harris. Hey, everybody, this is See It to Be It, the Wednesday podcast from Living Corporate. Living Corporate is a digital media network that centers and amplifies black and brown people at work. My name is Amy C. Wanninger, and I'm the host of See It to Be It. When I was growing up in rural southern Indiana, I didn't know people who went to college or who worked in professional roles. I didn't know what those jobs looked like or how to break into them. I didn't even know those jobs existed. But this show isn't about me. It's about my guests. Every week, I bring you career stories from everyday role models in jobs you may not know exist. More importantly, the folks I interview share their perspectives as black and brown professionals in jobs and environments where they may be the only. My guest today is Nicolette Barrett, who works in the insurance industry and also runs a business helping people get hired and promoted with outstanding resumes. But before we get to the interview with Nicolette, we're going to tap in with Tristan for some career advice. What's going on, Living Corporate fam? It's Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting, and I've teamed up with Living Corporate to bring you all a weekly career tip. So today, let's talk about why you should prepare for your one-on-ones and how to do just that. Most of us in corporate America have bosses who are pulled in many different directions, so we should really be making the most of our one-on-one time with them. No meeting is ever productive without some preparation beforehand, so take 10 to 15 minutes either the day before or morning of to prepare. By coming prepared to your one-on-one, you can get your questions answered, make sure you're aligned with your boss, and most importantly, show the work you've been doing. So let's talk about some ways you can prepare. First, I say, check your notes from the last time you met. This way, if you all didn't get to a topic, you can come back around to it, but you'll also know what follow-ups are needed. Now that takes me to my next point. Check your follow-up and task list. If your boss gave you some things to follow up on or to do, it's the worst when you get together and realize you didn't complete those tasks. At least now you may be able to get in a few calls and a few emails to say you've reached out. Also, it'll refresh your memory on things your boss took away that they're supposed to be checking on so you can bring those up as well. Next, I would say check any email exchanges you or your boss have had since your last meeting. Maybe there's something in those messages that you didn't understand, and this is a great time to ask. Maybe there's something you know your boss will want an update on, and now you can make sure that you have it. This shows your boss that you're paying attention to their correspondence. Last, but definitely not least, review your goals. At the end of the day, everything in corporate comes back to your annual goals. This will allow you to know where you stand, ensure your goals are aligned, and potentially gain feedback if you need assistance. Preparing for a one-on-one can make a world of difference in how your boss views you. 
take the time to do so and I'm sure at the very least your working relationship will improve. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Globally certified and Fortune 500 executive coach and leadership development expert, Neil Edwards, the leadership range is focused on having real, raw, soulful, and accountable conversations about inclusive leadership, allyship, professional development. Every week is a new episode with new learning and new actions to take on to grow inclusively. Make sure you check out the leadership range everywhere you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome back to See It to Be It. My guest today is the one and only Nicolette Barrett, aka the Get Hired Strategist. She is a four-time certified career transition coach, author, and speaker with expertise in resume writing, interview prep, LinkedIn branding, and career development and strategy. She launched her company, iRock Development Solutions, LLC. Um, we know it as iRock Resumes to help career professionals brand themselves to enter the job market with confidence. Nicolette holds the CCTC, CPRW, CEIP, and NCOPE career industry certifications. There were four certifications in there that was not just alphabet soup. Two career <laughs> practitioner awards from the Career Directors International and has authored two books, You're Hired, 10 Tips to Rock Out Your Resume and land an interview and you're hired 10 tips to rock out your interview and land your dream job so i have to tell you i know nicolette because i was on her show recently and we had oh my gosh that talk was fun we had a ball didn't we and yes we did it was awesome <laughs> we had people, everybody people loved like, it people were like mic dropping in the comments and it was great so i'm so excited to have you on my show so we can do the same thing but i yes. want to talk to you welcome to the show well thank you so much it was so many bombs that you were dropping my boss was in love with it he was like oh my gosh she's awesome i said how'd you <laughs> you know i'm glad i didn't we had know your a boss. great time I'm glad yes. I didn't know your boss was in the audience. I might have I might have dialed back a little bit just to keep you out of trouble, but no, I'm glad it right. went well. <laughs> it was. It was fabulous. <laughs> so I like yes. to tell my guests when I know people already, mm -hmm. I like to say, you know, this is how we yeah. know each other. So I think we met through Deidre Wright. Yes. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Friend of the yes. show, my friend, mm -hmm. your friend, amazing, yes. amazing yes. branding yes. strategist and networker. Yes. And we also travel kind of in the same circles because we both worked in the insurance industry for a long time. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so just to get us started, um, okay. which I know we're going to cover all sorts of things today, but just to get <laughs> us started, can you yes. tell the audience what kind, like, talk to me about your career journey. What did you go to school oh, for? Wow. What did you end up mm -hmm. doing? Kind of mm -hmm. soup to nuts it for us. Oh my gosh, if you don't take me back that far. Oh gosh, I actually started out, believe it or not, going to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and I got accepted to the College of Engineering. I was destined to be a computer engineer. Before that, I worked at um, Bell Labs, AT&T Bell Labs, and with an engineering um, internship, did all of that kind of stuff, was really great at the sciences, but I really didn't do too well in the math. And guess what? At the University of Illinois, you need both. 
So because I was always a Spanish major in high school, I traveled overseas as an exchange student and lived in Peru, uh, Piura, Peru, South America with an exchange family for a summer. And I learned how to speak Castellano as opposed to Espanol. And I've always been interested in that. So I took, continued to take Spanish courses. So then I ended up tipping out of that, out of the engineering college, sneaking out, and then going over to general. And I say sneaking out because the dean was trying to keep me there. But I was like, ah, I just don't want to do that. I don't see myself as an engineer. So yeah, I had the, some, of, some of the smarts, but I just didn't see myself as an engineer. So I went general and ended up um, graduating at, with a Spanish major, but you can't graduate from the University of Illinois with just Spanish. You have to have something else. And they didn't have um, international business back then. Yes, I'm dating myself. So I had to create it. And so therefore, I took a lot of business courses. So I had business administration minor, and I had a double minor and also in economics. So then I left there, and I went to sell Yellow Page ads. No way. <laughs> now, you know, I'm really, now, you know, I'm really dating myself if I'm talking about Yellow Page ads. Okay, yes, so let, me, let I, me stop there, because some <laughs> of the people listening may not even know what the Yellow Pages are. So the Yellow Pages <laughs> used to be this yeah, big this book. <laughs> big thick ass book that would show up on your porch and the pages were like super super thin and it had all the listings of all the businesses in the city and then some of the businesses would put like little like one by one ads or two by two yep. ads so I their business those. would really stand out this is like pre-google pre-yelp yelp so you sold the little one by one and one by two ads yes. The very okay. small ones because I was on the bottom rung. So I, they wouldn't give me the big accounts where it was major. So I was on the bottom rung. Then I trans over into um, advertising coordinator. So then I started assisting the bigger salespeople in coordinating all of the advertising and everything. So I was in the advertising business. And then my friend left. We went to University of Illinois together. We worked at the um, um, Yellow Page company for a little while. Then she left and went to the insurance company, big major insurance company. She said, Nicolette, I think you would be good at this you probably need to apply and so i did i stapled my resume to a handwritten application and sent it in and it took six months to get on when i finally got on with the company it was the best thing ever and i have made a career in the insurance industry ever since so i started off as a claim representative in the chicagoland area and i moved around to different areas and that was back in oh gosh 1994 i started and with a big major insurance company and then i immediately got promoted to leadership at that time which was unconventional for someone to get promoted that early to the level that i was promoted to so i began doing that after only five years with the organization and have been basically in leadership ever since then managing teams across the u.s uh, for personal injury protection medical pay coverage is which i'm in now i've done auto injury i've done litigation i've um, led the language advantage of course because i spoke as so I did that and I had also Polish and also Asian languages under my um, authority. I did diversity inclusion uh, representative work all through um, the company when I was in the Illinois area, then transitioned me all over the US to different opportunities and landed in Dallas. And that's where I am currently working from home because of the pandemic, but I work right here in North Dallas, still with a major insurance company who celebrated 27 years with the insurance company. 
and have made great, met great people just like you throughout my career. And my other career is being a career development strategist. And I call myself the Get Higher Strategist. And we could talk more about that too. And yes, I am a dual career. I work full-time leading my um, um, team in insurance. And I lead a team also with my business as I rock resumes. So that is so fascinating. So your backstory is like even better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Cause we don't always, yes. I don't always talk to people about like, like, tell me, tell me your origin story. Right. When, yeah. when we're just chatting. Right. Cause we're all like in the now. Um, but let's talk about your business, your, your um, I rock resumes business. How did mm-hmm. that start? Because career yeah. development, career strategy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want to say that's a long way from claims, but that's kind of a long way from claims, right? <laughs> and you know, one of the things that the organization I work with is um, very powerful on is making sure that we develop our people. So although I do the day-to-day management of claims up into the, I, like I was telling you before we got on here, up until five minutes before I was working my default calendars, working my claims for my people, giving authority. I was doing that right before this interview. And so, but part of it is developing your um, team. So I have to develop them for the next opportunities. It's all about successful succession planning. And I've always had the knack for writing. I've written ever since I was in elementary school, entering poetry contests, writing and all this kind of stuff. And I had this knack and my teacher in high school actually developed that knack even more so. So that knack for writing carried me through college. I mean, to the point that I can read the first chapter, the middle chapter, the back chapter, and then the, you know, the cover and the back. And I will be able to get an A plus on a paper because I was just that good at creative writing. <laughs> so I, I've always had this writing skill and I will utilize it through corporate America. So therefore helping my people develop for the next opportunity, their promotions, writing their internal resumes and everything. And it wasn't until the, our organization went through a big major reorg and there was a time we had to get all of our people ready for that next opportunity. So it was like massive. So it became basically... Um, illuminated because I have one off here, one off there, but we had to get everybody ready. So two of my people who were promoted, my whole team got promoted except for one who was going off to be married. So she said, no, I'm not going to put my name in because I'll be relocating to another city and getting married. So I had 11 people, 10 out of my 11 got promoted with two getting $14,000 increases internally at the organization. So they came back to me and said, well, Miss Nicolette, you probably need to do this as a business because if I didn't work for you, I would pay you. And there are people that will pay you for this. I used to do it for fun. I'm like, pay me. I said, pay me to do, <laughs> you know, I'm on a trajectory to go up the corporate ladder. I'm like, what? So I, you know, I got never a job. Why do I need yeah, another job? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm on this. I'm doing the CPCU. I got the CLU. I'm doing all these CBCs. And I'm like, no, I'm going up the ladder. And so I just did a little blurb out on the um, um, social media. I just talked about my experience. And at first it was just like, you know, the five people got promoted and two of them were the 14,000. And then I put another uh, uh, post out there that the other team, uh, part of my team got promoted. And so then I had people that I've managed for years and even some of my peers start weighing in and say, yeah, are you help me do this? You help me do that. You help my, yeah, yeah, you've always been good at this. And I'm like, really? Then people literally, Amy, start asking me in my inbox, how much would I charge? I'm like, Well, I didn't say I had a business. I just did it for fun. So I said, okay, well, maybe I'll start charging. I literally start charging up to support my manicure and pedicure habit. (laughs) 
I'm not kidding. I said, that's oh, that's a lot of manicures and pedicures because exactly. I know what resumes cost. <laughs> At that time, it cost just as much as a manicure pedicure has come a long way now. But I didn't know any better because I was just doing it for fun. It was just some free extra cash. Then the reports start coming back that these people start getting these major jobs. And then they start sending directors to me and they were asking me and they were, these directors, they were getting it dirt cheap. They were getting these resumes and stuff, getting promoted. And I didn't, I didn't know. So then I started using that as, you know, proof of of what I can do and then start learning how to do the business after the fact. And that was something, a new world. And so therefore, when I started getting really into it, I went into my manager's office and I said, well, take me off the promotability list. And she was like, what's going on? I said, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be doing a different thing. So I took myself off the promotability list because I wanted to really focus on developing this newfound business that was paying more than just my manicure and pedicure. And so therefore I put my whole self into that and I've built a really nice organization that really truly helps people build their careers. And my, our motto is land the job of your dreams and create a career that rocks because we truly turn you from a job applicant to a job candidate. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Um, I just so much respect for you saying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on this path, but maybe that's not the path I want to be on. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. just kind of shifting your weight a little bit and you lean in a different direction, right? And kind of veering yeah. off the path. And that had to be a little scary. Mm-hmm. It I would was. Think. And it was so funny because it was scary for my boss because she said when she had to tell the um, committee that I was pulling myself off, she said her inbox was just blowing up and people were wondering what is going on with Nicolette? Where is she going? Because they thought I was leaving the organization. I'm like, no, I'm just going to ha- be happy here and love on my team. And then because I know it very well, and I'm not going to want to learn anything else right now so I can learn everything I needed to do to stand up something that was for me. Now, I respect the organization. I love the organization. They know that. And I have the, a lot of support for my organization as well because I don't do I do not do anything in the conflict. So I really want to do something for me. So when I retire and roll off, I'll have my whole business fully to step into and I'm really thankful to have a great team to actually help me manage it while I'm doing my day-to-day and the beautiful thing about it my clients work so most of the times I don't get to them until after work anyway so we talk and we work on a resume career coaching whatever after work so it's been a win-win all the way around and I am able to build it as fast as I want or slow as I want and really manage it so it doesn't overtake what I'm doing so I can make sure that I'm giving the honor due to the organization I work for because I have two and a half years I'm on countdown Amy for retirement oh my goodness (laughs) yes I can't, I can't even imagine that right now. So I'm just going to be like happy for you and not even like take my mind there. I'm so far. I'm in that place where it's like, there is so much road ahead of me. I can't even fathom it. And there's so much road behind me that I can't. (laughs) And and when I say retire, I mean, retire from the organization, because when I retire, I want to go full force into my business 
for the next uh, 20 years, because this is a kind of business that can go anywhere that I want to go. And I can write as, until my 80s. I have some peers that are in their 80s still writing resumes and they're coaching resume writers. And that's one of the things I'm developing as well is teaching other budding resume writers or writers in general who want to learn how to take this, take their writing skills and earn some money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So let me ask you, I'm going to ask some like obvious questions that, that I think are probably on my listeners' minds right now. So in this age of Indeed and LinkedIn and, you know, QR codes, do people still really need resumes? Yeah. And that's a big question because um, I don't want to say unfortunately, but if you are still trying to get past the gatekeepers who are really the higher managers, they're still like my age <laughs> and also above. So they still rely on resumes to really tell a story. And I foresee that the resume physical in hand, um, but not right now you can send them online, will probably still be around for the next 10 to 15 years. Because what I see is my daughter, who's 21 be 22, when she's in those positions, she won't um, even think about looking at a resume she'll be looking at tiktok who just announced the um uh, virtual resumes did you hear about that i so did now my yes. little brain could not take it no and it's so funny i said that's going to be awesome for entry level but i don't imagine for my clientele which is mostly leadership and above i don't see an organization looking to hire a ceo based on uh, tiktok i just don't see that but I do see it for entry level. So if my daughter was to go out and talk about her skill set for on TikTok and send that to an entry level, I think it has a lot of great um, uh, possibility for those individuals because they can become very creative. So the, the resume writing world, they're not scared of what's happening with TikTok. They're embracing it and really trying to push more the college age students and also the younger individuals to do that. But my focus, um, I do help college students, but it's more because I've already helped their parents and they come and hire me to help their children. My clientele, I can't imagine any of the directors and CEOs who are in their 50s doing a TikTok and sending it. So it's it's okay, but I see it evolving. So when my daughter becomes um, a leader or in her 40s and 50s, TikTok will probably be the norm. But right now it's just still needed. So that's a long answer, but I wanted to make sure I yeah. talked about that TikTok thing. So that makes me feel mm -hmm. so old because I can't imagine hiring somebody on the basis of their TikTok, the I quality know. of their TikTok that's, video, yeah. because yeah. unless you're doing like a digital marketing job or something like that, I just, yeah. mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine that that, that medium translates yeah. to, for example, your ability to handle a claims desk or yeah. your ability to, right. you know, mm -hmm juggle multiple priorities or your ability mm -hmm. to, you know, mm -hmm. spin plates on your nose or whatever the job is, right? right. Like it's mm -hmm. just, it, there's just such a disconnect there. But then I guess even as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, well, you know, resume writing is a whole separate skill beyond mm -hmm. handling a claims desk or, you know, managing right. whatever, mm -hmm. right? So it's, I guess it's just different, but I'm old, so I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. Put those things separate, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like I do the new stuff, but Oh, that is just fascinating. So mm -hmm. when people are, are looking for somebody to help them mm -hmm. with their resume, what are they usually looking for? Well, they're looking, they're not, number one, they're not understanding what it takes to be a resume. So they're looking to have a format. 
And so anybody can do a format off a of word. And then you can also have people to what they call create a resume by making it look fancy. But what they don't understand, there's a marketing component. There's a branding component. There's a talent of writing component to the actual um, resume. And that's the content. Now I can make it look good. I can make it look pretty or what have you. But if it doesn't have the content to sell you, with a writer who knows how a marketing type writer who knows how to market people then that's what i try to educate them to make sure they understand what they're paying for so what they're investing in is really marketing but some people think oh resume should only cost 35 bucks like it used to when i used to get my nails done but anyway but it's not that anymore it's actually marketing and branding so what you're doing is investing in someone who knows how to take a person especially with the long careers I've had and managed many people for down through the years in many different departments, taking that talent and skill and making sure that I'm articulating what they bring to the table such that the recruiter and or hiring manager will say, I want to interview that person. Because a lot of times people think resumes get jobs. Well, they can but resumes are really the entry point to have the conversation. And so if you can't even get past the ATS system, because that's big right now, how do you get past the robots? And then also to get into the hands of the actual hiring manager, then you need to be able to tell your story so that they can say, okay, I want them to come in. And I always tell my clients, your resume should tell such a compelling enough story that they want to invite you into an interview. And it is an invitation to an interview so you can tell the rest of the story. And when I I tell it to them in that perspective, then they get it. So when I, and then I do a show and tell. So I love to get them on Zoom and I say, okay, now this is what you have. And this is what the type of work that I do. And so therefore they can see what they're investing in because sometimes people just think, it shouldn't cost that much for a resume. Well, it all depends on what you're trying to get. If you want to keep uh, spinning your wheels, and, and, you know, trying to get a job and just shooting at any kind of job because you put a thousand resumes out on um, LinkedIn or even in, Indeed, and you're not getting any hits, that's because you're not speaking to anyone. It's just like our businesses, right? If you're not niched down to what you do and you say, well, I just do everything, then you're not really doing anything, right? So therefore your resume is the same thing. What does it say about you in the type of role that you're trying to get? So I like to educate people first. And then we talk about the um, price. And of course, my prices are out there on the website, but I still love talking to people so they understand why I don't shy away from my pricing, but I also wanna have a conversation to let you know why it's an investment and it's not a cost. It's an investment that will pay you back over and over and over again. Right, because mm -hmm. if you get that promotion, they get you a $14,000 pay increase next week. Boo, yes, exactly. <laughs> because I think about it when, when I have um, clients come to me and they say, okay, I want to make between $175,000 and $195,000 a year. So I said, okay, great. Then that take 1% of that. If you just take 1% of that, then that's the amount you should be investing in your career marketing and branding strategy. You want a $65,000 job? You want a $75,000 job? What will it take for you to invest to get that kind of increase? And think about what that would do for you and your family. So you have to think about it from that perspective. If there is a return on investment, not only with salary dollars, but what if you have the beauty of living, of going to a state that you always want to live in? 
that job is out there for you. What if you want to forever work from home? There's a big possibility for that right now. That's value. What if they pay for you to go back to school? There's value right there. Did you get your master's degree? You know how much master's degrees cost? But what if a company helps pay for that? That's valuable, not just the salary. So I let them look at all the different components of what do you really want? And so that's where the career coach comes out of me to try to identify what do they really want? And so I can develop the proper strategy for them to get there. And once I show them all of that, then the investment is a no brainer because you're going to get all of that. You're paying me one time, but that job's going to pay you year after year after year. And then when I help you with that salary negotiation, oh my gosh, then you can get even more money. <laughs> so it's going to pay you back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wish I'd had you my whole career. Uh, <laughs> and not after I left corporate. But, you know, and I love that 1% yes. guideline, right? So, yeah. you know, for people who are thinking, wow, you know, it's time for me to level up, what's that going to look like? What does that mean? I think that 1% mm -hmm. rule is a really good one, because it helps them see like, yeah. okay, this is an investment. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you think 1% of your salary next year, that's, that's a decent chunk of change, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's not, you know, when you put it, mm -hmm. when you couch it in those terms, right. Yes. That's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's a really good perspective to mm -hmm. put on it. And so mm -hmm. in addition to the resume, you help them with their LinkedIn profile, you help them with their salary yeah. negotiation, you're giving them, you're giving them a mm -hmm. lot of value for that, for that mm -hmm. 1%, I know. Mm-hmm. So, and you tend to work with people who are like mid-career and higher, right? Or do you work with yes. everybody? Yeah, I work mostly, the majority of the clients that are attracted to me are the ones that are mid-career and higher. I do not turn away other um, clients. I talk to all of them. And if my price point is not where it is, I have a network where I can refer them to someone. And I'm so happy that I'm building a network with the people that I've already trained who went through my course to become what I call them now certified resume business owners. So they are under the IROC brand. They know the practices and how to do it. And because they are getting started, they could take advantage of the lower rates, but still utilize the skill set that I've taught them. So that's the beauty of what I do. Bring them in, tell them the value, say, okay, if my price point is still too high, don't worry i have trained people who can help you and so therefore they're getting more than just me they're getting a network as well mm -hmm. that is fantastic and you know yes. i love this notion of you know you're almost franchising yourself yeah um, in your own business which is <laughs> yes. you know for longevity for you know yes. for scale mm -hmm. for sustainability like there's so much there oh my gosh so and you know when, when I think about that it's all uh, it, go, it comes from because of I want to pick your brain and we know how we are in uh, everybody wants to pick your brain about stuff so I had to turn that into a way to monetize it because if I'm giving you all of this free value with nothing in return because you don't see yourself paying for career coaching it's still a career entrepreneurship is still a career then I wanted to find a way to monetize it and teaching them not on the fly of just getting me on the phone oh I got a quick question that ends up to be an hour long conversation that I just could have gotten $400 for, I decided to go ahead and do an inexpensive way to train people, develop a, a, the content for it where people can just come in and take it and run with it. So I would want people to do that. And once you get your brain picked enough, you're like, you know, I got to monetize this. Obviously it's helping other people. So I want to make sure I do that. So that's what, what I um, will do with the actual uh, course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, I want to yeah. say something to the entrepreneurs who are listening because yes. this is a, an ongoing problem. And anytime mm -hmm. somebody says, I just want to pick your brain. 
Yeah. I have a special link I send them to Nicolette and <gasps> it's called pickamysbrain.com. And anybody that wants to pick my brain can go to pickamysbrain.com and sign up for yes. a paid 30 yeah. minute consultation with me. See? And I paid. love that. See? And I've gotten some pushback on that. And I'm like, look, here's the deal. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I'm saying this for all the people out there that yeah. are like, well, you know, I just have to help everybody. And you're already helping yes. everybody. It's too hard. And somebody yeah. said, well, you know, what do you, what can, you know, basically what can you give me? is like the question I get, right? Like, what are you giving away? And I'm like, well, my Twitter feed is free. My LinkedIn yeah. feed is free. My blog is free. My podcast yes. is free. All yes. the podcasts I've been a guest on are free. Yes, ma'am. Every single yeah. one of those things. My Value books, given. My mm -hmm. books start at $20 and that's almost free. Low entry. Yeah. Low point of entry, low cost. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to run off my time to tell yeah, you the stuff that's hard. already been recorded. And then I had somebody say, well, I don't want to sift through all of that to get the answers I want. I said, well, that's why you pay for that's the why conversion. you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just want all the entrepreneurs out there, all the people that are starting out that think that yes. they have to make themselves yeah. infinitely available. I did it. Yeah. That you're yeah. saying you don't have to do that. I'm saying you don't have to do that. I put classes together. I'm like, look, I've mm -hmm. got really low price point stuff. Mm -hmm. right because I know that not everybody's going to pay mm -hmm. you know thousands of dollars for my right. training or tens of thousand dollars for my consulting or whatever right. but but you have to respect your own time because as an entrepreneur that's all you got you got yeah. ideas and, and time uh -huh. and if you want to mm -hmm. do anything with your ideas you need the time to do mm -hmm. that yeah and to your very point when they think it's just them asking they don't understand. There's like 10 of them that are asking as well. And that's what I became very worn out. And I even had an unfortunate situation where a person actually, um, I would say almost pimped me for my whole process and pretending like they were going to be a client and took all of my process. I told them everything. And next thing you know, they launched their own resume writing business using my whole entire process. And I'm like, Okay, so why didn't you, number one, be truthful? And then when the person came back, you know, uh, asking for some assistance on how to, you know, do speaking and all this kind of stuff, I said, you know what, I don't mind giving this, but people actually pay for my information. Oh, I didn't know you, you did pay mentoring. Yeah, you didn't really ask. You just kind of stole you know, and that, and that's hurtful because you're building it on, on false pretense thinking that it's just a way to make money, but you're really not truly in it to help people. You just saw, well, if she could do it, I know I can do it. That's what happens. But we get worn out with giving out information. And that's why we have these free platforms, my YouTube channel, or like you just said, all the different platforms. So people can go out there and do that. But when you're trying to launch an actual business, you have to respect that you have to invest in that business person to get the knowledge you need to go ahead and get a return on the investment to start your own business. And that's just being respectful because once they get to that point, they will see that now they're the resource and everybody's coming to them. So it's about respecting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And there are people, you know, there are tons of people that I asked for help when I was getting started, but I tried to be so respectful about it, right? Like, yeah. can mm -hmm. you point me in a direction? Can you send me a link? Yeah. Can you tell me what to Google? 
right? Yeah. And not, can I have an hour of your time to, you know, to just ask you everything, you know, and, and steal your stuff. And I think, you know, yeah. there aren't, I don't think there are a lot of people out there that mean it maliciously, right? They really just like, yeah. they look at you, they think, Ooh, here's somebody I can relate to. I see myself, yes. myself in them. If right. they can do it, I can do it. I'm inspired. Right. But but you're right. I like this fire. Yeah. For every mm-hmm. person like that, there's like 10 more. And then where do you draw the line? Yeah. And so I love, yeah. I love that you have an avenue for people to learn from you and to emulate what you're doing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But in a way that doesn't uh, mm-hmm. detract from your mission. Exactly. And in, and in yes. fact, enhances mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you exactly. can just expand. That's yeah. Brilliant. And then Love I have a, a network that I can refer clients to. And it's actually part of my workflow process. If they, if I haven't heard back from a client that, you know, I sent a proposal to say, Hey, this is how I can do it. But it's obviously a price. I said, don't worry. Here's some um, people that I recommend. And they are actually in my workflow. The people get an automated email uh, offering the services to those persons. And so therefore they know they've been trained by me. They are starting out, but they're good. And then you can still get some service from them because they know the mission of IROC and they understand how to service a customer because I've trained them on that. But yeah, it's about how do you monetize what you know in respect of yourself and your time and your mental capacity because you have all these things that are going on, but also help individuals who see the value in what you're presenting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, I just have to say people can mimic your process. Yeah. But they cannot mimic your expertise. Yeah. And it's really easy to stand up a business and claim you're an expert. And then somebody asks the second question and you Mm -hmm. don't have an answer. And so, you know, Uh there are just, there's so many people out there that are all, that are very worried about, you know, having Uh their content hijacked or having, you know, like people, you know, basically copycatting their business model and I'm like look if you know uh-huh. what you're doing nobody can compete with that because there's right. only one you right yeah. and mm-hmm. only you know yeah. what you know mm-hmm. so yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so Nicolette <laughs> yes. yes I have to ask you in yes. working in insurance in being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur I don't know how you have time to sleep much less do anything <laughs> else um but I am mm-hmm. curious where do you mm-hmm. find community because oh, being an gosh. entrepreneur can be very lonely. Um, being mm-hmm. a black woman in the insurance industry can be very yes. lonely. Yes. So talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about community and where you find it. Oh gosh, I have several aspects. One of the things that we've developed in, in the insurance industry at the company that we have, and I'm almost going to out us, but we have a, um, a group that we stay connected with each other. We share resources, we share moanies and vents and all this kind of stuff. We get together on um, Zoom and we just have a topic that we're gonna talk about to help us grow. And we stay connected that way. And they can, we can call each other at any time. We put Bible verses in there, what have you. And it's an African-American community of mostly insurance women. We have some additional women that are not in insurance industry in there. But as African-American women, we share some of the same concerns in corporate America. So we talk about those. So that's the first place I share um, community. The other place I uh, share community is within um, a group that I'm a part of called Better Than Love. 
that's on uh, Facebook. And I mean, you're talking about women empowering women. And um, it is, and I have to give a shout out to Dion Hendricks. She actually runs this group and it's one of the best groups. And even if I can't get as involved because I'm so busy with everything else, if I could just see some of her uh, quick uh, videos or um, spiritual type of things, or even uh, just motivational, just see all the women just um, feeding into it. That brings me a lot of um, um, community just to be able to read that stuff. And then I just have my girls. <laughs> my home girls that's where I find community as well so I lean on those three areas to help to help fuel me and feed me at the same time mm -hmm. yep <laughs> it's so important and I like that you have different communities for different aspects of your life and I yes. know because I know some of the people in some of those communities that there is some overlap <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> and so there are some people that you're taking with you everywhere you go. And then there are some yeah. that are kind of in this bucket and some that are in this bucket. Yes, you're so right. <laughs> so, right. I, I, shop, I shop around. I know my community. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Well, and we, since we just run in so many of the same circles and we know so many of the same people, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so fantastic to know. Mm -hmm. Number one, I'm so glad that you're still in the insurance industry because the insurance industry needs, mm -hmm. needs, yes high quality tenured mm -hmm. experienced people who mm -hmm. are passionate about the work mm -hmm. um and i'm so there's there's so much sexism in the industry mm -hmm. there's so yes. much racism in the industry there's yes. so much ageism in the industry mm -hmm. and it it just it makes me so happy yeah, mm -hmm. that you are still in there, you know, fighting mm -hmm. for claimants, fighting for policyholders, yes. doing mm -hmm. the good work, mm -hmm. right? And respected and valued where you sit because not mm -hmm. everybody gets that in the industry. I need mm -hmm. to say that. And mm -hmm. I mean, clearly you've earned it. I don't want to detract from the contributions you've made. Um, mm -hmm. But there are so many people who have earned it who are not experiencing that, which really mm -hmm. just gets, yeah. I can go off on that I for know. days. And, but then also <laughs> yes, that you're creating this whole community of people who are helping yes. other people find their way up. And yes. it's mm -hmm. just, it's just such a beautiful thing you're creating, Nicolette. Thank you so much for <laughs> everything you're doing, for yes, being my friend, you. for being on my show, yes, yes, girl. for existing on the planet yes. at the same time as me. So I can just watch this because it's just, you're phenomenal. You're phenomenal. Well, thank you. And as my friend said, she said, I don't know of uh, many people who really likes claims like you do. I, I said, yeah, I just have a knack for it. I love it. I love what I do. And I just feed into my people. And I am a detail-oriented, organized guru. I teach my people how to work smarter than harder. And that's what I try to train. And once you get the knack of what you're doing, it's a no-brainer because you're in it to help people. And as we say, recover from the everyday risk and, you know, recover, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's really rewarding to do that in the insurance industry, even though, yes, we battle a lot of those things because I am of that age and I am an African-American woman, which is another backstory and another reason why I pulled myself off the promotability ladder because I got tighter jumping over through the hoops. But I said, no, I'm going to feed my own self and be my, become my own CEO instead of trying to become a CEO of something that probably would never happen. But yeah, but I love what I do. I really do. <laughs> well, it shows. It shows in the way yes. you talk about it. It shows mm -hmm. in the way you execute. And mm -hmm. it shows just in the people that you surround yourself with. I'm just, I'm yes. so glad to know you. 
Well, thank you. Same here, Amy. You my girl. You part of my <laughs> network too, girl. You know that. Thank you. I know. We, my boo. <laughs> we just, we had, we had a little love fest. I just have to tell her, we had a little love fest before we started recording about how much, oh my God, I love your stuff and I love you so much. And, and, and so we oh, kind of, all her books, y'all. <laughs> we kind of, we kind of fangirl out at each other every once yes. in a while. So yes. you just have to forgive us, but yes. <laughs> Nicolette, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. <laughs> Living Corporate is brought to you by The Break Room. Have you ever felt burnt out, depressed, or otherwise exhausted by being one of the onlys at work? You know what I'm talking about. Hosted by black psychologists, psychiatrists, and PhDs, The Break Room is a live weekly web show in the Living Corporate Network that discusses mental health, wellness, and healing for black folks at work. Name another weekly show explicitly focused on mental health, wellness, and healing for black folks at work. I'll wait. This is why you got to check out The Break Room, airing every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on livingcorporate.tv. Isn't Nicolette fun? What I love about this interview is how um, purpose-driven she is and how she took this skill that she had that she didn't even realize was marketable and turned it into a profit-generating business that's going to sustain her you know, through her retirement. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to Living Corporate and share us with your friends and colleagues. And hey, you can really help us out by leaving us a six-star review wherever you get your podcast. Now, maybe you're thinking, Amy, there are only five stars. Okay, give us all those stars, but then go the next step by leaving a couple of sentences in your own words, telling us what you liked about the show or the guest or the episode. Don't forget to visit living-corporate.com to learn more about our other podcast, videos, web shows, and more. See It To Be It is brought to you in part by Lead At Any Level, a certified woman and LGBTQ-owned business dedicated to helping organizations win their competition for talent and customers for the long term. Lead at any level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. That's it for this episode of See It To Be It. This is Amy C. Wanninger, and I'll see you next week. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.